Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Hello and welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today you are listening to Ria McGuire and I'm joined with Chris McClelland, the Managing Director of Ignite Northern Ireland. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ria. How are you? I'm very good. Very good indeed. I think I'm going to go straight into it and ask, what's what's your background, Chris? And then explain to me a little bit what Ignite is and what it does. Yeah, well, my background, you know, I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, built a few companies, uh, everything from digital to hardware. Uh, I've built them based in Northern Ireland, but also the last one is based out of San Francisco as well. So a good taster of, of uh, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, and the last company raised quite a chunk of money, $4.5 million, mostly from San Francisco. So people like Mark Benioff and Michael Birch and people like that. And another part of my background is I went to Techstars in Austin, and uh, had a taster of an accelerator. So when I came back from San Francisco, the Ignite NI accelerator um, had started and I became an EIR in the program. And that was just a couple of days away, helping out founders and myself and Ian Brown, who also joined as an EIR at that time, were just blown away by the standards and the quality of startups. And just looking at the difference between a startup in San Francisco and, and in Northern Ireland, it's quite easy to fix some of those things, right? It's more about mindsets. It's more about, you know, ambition, access to people, network, and things like that. So, you know, very quickly, the two two days a week that Ian and I were doing turned into seven days a week. You know, we just, you know, it's addictive working with startups and helping startups. And um, so Ignite uh, really is an accelerator based in Northern Ireland, and we're supported by Invest Northern Ireland. And every year we help 30 companies uh, through our pre-accelerator and accelerator programs. And right now we have over 200 founders in our portfolio. And it's great to see sort of like a community here of companies that are doing really well. And the first program that we work on is Pre-Accelerator, which is called Propel. And it helps founders at the very, very start of their journey. We usually call this founder market fit. So a founder that has a big interest in a market, right? And our aim there is to really help founders get the best possible start to help focus to help build filters, you know, help just, you know, build a healthy company from day one. And, you know, it is, we love working with Propel, right? Because we see the effect. And for example, there was a company that was on Propel last year who's now doing six figures of monthly revenue. So the other program we run is the Accelerator, which has just finished last week. And it's really supporting teams that are in markets, right? That have customers, have product out there. And really, it's about fundraising. It's about scale. And most of these companies are established companies are doing well. So sometimes it's just about plotting the best future. And so we do a lot of exposure to investors. You know, I think there's about 400 investors involved in the program now. And that that program really supports companies when they're at pre-seed or seed stage. And we have a vast range of rounds going on at the moment, everything from 400,000, you know, as a pre-seed up to like 4 million as a pre-seed, which, you know, is is staggering actually because you know yeah. most pre-seed rounds are 750 to a million pounds potentially is sort of the, sort of where it feels to be at at the moment for proper venture skill 
So it's really remarkable to see the sort of standard and sort of quality of investors getting involved in, in teams in Northern Ireland. So yeah, we're seeing, you know, great results. Um, lots of money comes out of the US. Uh, we're seeing uh, investors all over Europe and UK, Asia getting involved. And, you know, we're see, seeing the impact of, of that, you know, investors that are, you know, dream investors sometimes or investors that, you know, know the space or have been there and done it, you know, um, funds that sort of think about venture scale and stuff. And we're see, really seeing that as, you know, it's a very exciting future over the next couple of years with these teams. Yeah. And then you're talking about the accelerator program and how you support startups. How do you choose a startup? Do they come to you or? Look, again, another exciting thing that happened last year was well over a thousand uh, companies that came through our recruitment process. So every year we do a call for startups and, you know, we make teams, office hours and, you know, we get to know um, founders and pro tip that's always a good thing to do with an accelerator is just get to know the, the the people who run it so um so yeah we basically have a, a sort of an application process and founders apply and they write some words about what they're up to and you know the best things that they're, they're doing so we have a very difficult job to sort of select uh, yeah. teams from that and you know we keep saying it like we have to reject a lot of brilliant founders and brilliant startups and it's one of the hardest things to do and it doesn't mean your startup is is bad or whatever right it means that you know you know we have to choose companies and we have to choose them under certain parameters but for example um you know as i said propel is really about founder market fit right so we really look for founders that have a have maybe experienced the problem they're trying to fix that have really uh, understand the markets, have some insights, have a unique insight into the markets, and then maybe have built out demand, right? And sort of spoken to a lot of customers and uh, understood what their problems are and validated in some way. And the program extends that. Um, for the for the accelerator teams, we are thinking about these companies as, you know, can they get investments? Can they raise money and stuff like that? Our Both our programs aren't defined by venture uh, money right that's not a yeah. thing but it's, it's an aspect right and you know for the accelerator teams then we're, we're looking at those teams and sort of seeing how we can help and that is another key word um help because i think an accelerator a good accelerator really sort of digs into a company and helps support them augment the founding team right normally we're working with teams that are like you know one two three founders uh, maybe a small team and you know uh, an accelerator should plug in and help support in various different ways. So we do ask ourselves the questions about how we can help in the next three months or six months. We ask the teams that as well when they apply. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we do uh, whittle it down to, to 10 accelerator companies and 20 Propel companies every year. And then recently uh, Ignite joined with four medic companies um, through, through that program. So, yeah, nor normally, like, you know, we, we have to pick 10 companies and, you know, we didn't set out to choose four med tech companies, but there was definitely a med tech theme in the applications and in the teams that we chose. So it is important to say there's lots of other med tech companies in the pipeline for us. And I think, again, it's really interesting to see, you know, themes sometimes come out of, you know, the, you know, the application process. And yes, we did. Um, there was a couple of themes. One is around AI. Where there's a lot of proper AI companies and experienced um engineers in the AI side of things. And then we had, um, you know, healthcare, as I said, um, is another theme. The four medic companies, 
you chose why did you specifically choose these companies was it because of the atmosphere that's going on right now with covid was it just kind of more of a push to advance healthcare oh really we, we basically you know as i said we we have a an open sort of application process rather interviews and stuff like that so it just so happened that there was actually uh you know these teams um but that said you know the, the founders and the teams that were chosen within the, the med tech side of things you know had good progress yes as you said you know healthcare for all of us has changed in the last year and a half and that has triggered you know certain opportunities within healthcare but i would say these companies were all doing well before that right this probably accelerated their opportunity and they're making a difference in this space um so just to give you an example the four teams are pulse ai right they're enabling access to expert level healthcare with artificial intelligence, right? So Alan spent his career working on ECGs um, and he's built an algorithm that helps, you know, deliver, instead of taking hours of a human or a consultant's time, uh, this this algorithm uh, supports those decisions. um, And already that's um, surpassing, as I said, expert level AI. So he's built an algorithm and, you know, good progress. Alan was on the program last year and last year he was absolutely um, focused on the algorithm and now he's um, opened up lots of commercial opportunities and, you know, it's really progressing as well. So just to give you a couple of other tasters in that, Aulis, um, again, a medical doctor turned founder, Propel last year. And, you know, we've had a, remar- a remarkable watching the progress within a year uh, to now join the accelerator and, Declan taught himself how to code. Uh, selling at the hospitals is all a massive, always a massive challenge. So Declan was very successful in Northern Ireland, then Ireland, the UK, and now he's in hospitals in the US. So he really cracked that sort of you know selling process as well as the technical side of things as well. Medall um, is building a virtual hospital, or sorry, a vir- virtual medical school. And essentially, what we've learned through through Phil is that you know it's really unfair the way that medical um, education is is across the world, right? In terms of access, right? There's even countries without any medical schools. And, you know, it feels as though countries are working against each other and, you know, educational systems are, you know, bloated. But the other thing about, you know, a career in medicine, basically, it's continuous learning, right? So it's once you get out and sort of into hospitals and, you know, in your career, you basically need to keep, learning rights and medal is slotted into that and really at the moment uh, i think it's over eight times the size of the largest medical school in the uk already wow. so uh, phil is already an incredible growth rate and already make a massive difference to how uh, doctors and medical professionals are being uh, educated and then finally aflo um, really is a medical device and it's a, its aim is to keep respiratory patients safe and it gives hyper-personalized data analytics. And it's a product that will absolutely change millions of lives. It's a big challenge to get a medical device in the markets. But Susan, even in the last six months, the progress that they've made as a hardware company is remarkable. And yes. it feels very tangible that in the next you know, year, they're going to see a lot more of Aflow out there as well. I think also when listeners listening to this and it's a uh, there's a phrase also that I encountered a lot, which I myself didn't really know digital healthcare can you kind of expand on what digital healthcare is and what's it's kind of your view on the future of these like digital healthcare startups yeah so i don't think digital healthcare has been you know it's been around for a while 
but I think it's exciting right now because, you know, of the last year and, you know, it's transformed patient care and it's really helped accelerate, you know, how we're, how the medical world is supporting um, patients, you know, virtually as well as in person, right? So, you know, what we're really moving to, from is from a human-driven healthcare to a more of a digital healthcare. So it's how humans or medical professionals are actually being, first of all, supported by healthcare. It's not about replacing it all the time, right? Especially with AI and stuff, you know, um, but it's also about just, you know, there's data out there. There's like the explosion of data that's happened in the last, you know, few years has been extraordinary, but now there's a problem of how to deal with that data, right? Yeah. And how to get access to it. So that's what's interesting about Pulse AI, right? They're really building an infrastructure to understand this data, whether it's the data behind the hospital, behind the ECG or other diagnostics, right? There's a, there's a real opportunity to consume this data and make sense of it. So as I said earlier, Pulse AI can transform the time that it takes for a consultant to deal with, you know, sorry, to, to understand an ECG, for example, and, f- and make it a fraction of the time, and also with better accuracy as well sometimes. So that just really um, opens up that world and really accelerates scale, I think, as well. So uh, the other thing that's obviously happening quite a lot is remote healthcare and sort of patient monitoring. And that's where Aflo fits into this, right? So it's more about like, how do you remove monitoring and analytics that sort of helps give insights that probably were never there before. And with this data, again, Pulse AI, Aflo, it's about you can we can probably discover stuff and sort of understand conditions like these in a very exciting way. Um, you know, all this, as I mentioned before, is really thinking about decision-making, clinical decision-making, and it's giving access to clinical knowledge that probably exists, but is all over the place, right? So, you know, there's a real sort of acceleration towards knowledge and uh, the pathways into a hospital and how, you and I or anybody else goes into a hospital or any sort of uh, medical institution can really be supported through all this um, as well. And then metal, like at the end of the day, like, you know, despite, you know, the normal sort of education is happening um, that Phil is supporting through metal, you know, this technology will need training as well. So metal is vital in this, in this, this sort of, um, the stack to sort of help drive adoption of this new technology as well. So it, this really is like the digital healthcare opportunity is really about the most exciting thing is about scale. It removes limitation. Back to Pulse AI, right? For like, if you think about the num- 300 million ECGs a year or something and the hours that that takes, you know, there's a piece of technology here that we could switch on and that can be accelerated into days, weeks, you know, months, you know, and thinking of that at scale is just exciting. And it's extremely apart, uh, extremely exciting to be working with startups like this that are actually changing this, right? So, Do you think the, the last year, like how has COVID impacted like Ignite and also these startups? Like, do you think people have realized there's more of a excitement and opportunity with, when, when thinking about and investing in startups? Last year, was it was very difficult for a lot of startups, no matter what, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the way that we're used to working changed dramatically. Markets changed, right? There were lots of companies that essentially, you know, their customer base disappeared overnight. Yeah. But it opened up huge opportunities because markets have changed. Uh, as we've discussed already, consumers have changed their behaviors. 
in a way that massive companies probably can't change that quickly, right? So investors, sorry, startups have an opportunity, a wide open opportunity to go in there and, and you make use of those opportunities. And in terms of investment, you know, we've seen a massive interest in investment uh, in the companies and, and if anything, uh, this year is, you know, a very exciting time to be raising money. I would tell anybody to go out and raise money today, right? Um, and I think it's because, you know, yeah, the markets have changed as well and, you know, investors become interested in using new spaces. So it's, it's very interesting. And yeah, I think COVID's, you know, it's been a tough time. And I think even this year has been, you know, as tough as last year, you know, at least it feels like, yeah, we've settled into this, this way of working, but, you know, I think this year was very uh, strenuous on startups and, but that said, here's the good stuff, right? So yes, it, these companies have proven, all our companies have essentially proven that you can build a company from anywhere, right? From the, the very tip of Ireland or Northern Ireland, and they can raise money from those locations. I think the word, where are you from, doesn't come up as much in investor meetings and, you know, are not, companies aren't really being judged that much on that, right? Definitely there's types of companies that location is important. But I feel like, you know, we've seen interest from the West Coast of the US, funds that would never really think about, you know, outside of West Coast of, you know, San Francisco and California, but are now looking at companies in Tyrone, Fermanagh, or, you know, all over Cork, you know, all over Ireland. And that's just exciting. And I really hope, and I think it is here to stay. Is there anything more you'd like to add before, um, before we kind of wrap this up? No, I, my, my real hope is, you know, for healthy, healthy startups, right? It's not just about, it's first of all about the approach. I feel like a lot of companies or founders really get weighed down with, you know, big press releases or competitors doing really well and all that sort of stuff, right? That generally doesn't matter, right? It's more about, you know, focusing on your customers. Customer focus companies is, is the way to build companies today. And that's what we bet on. Because if you have customer interests and you understand your customers, you can build products, right? You can fund it, whether it's bootstrapped, you can fund it that way, or you can fund it venture. But the key usually is around that. So that's one thing that's really, really exciting. And I think, you know, for founders, you know, it's it's become easier to start a company, right? You don't need tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of pounds, right? Or, or euros. Uh, to start companies generally. Uh, so you can actually get out there and test uh, products today, right? You start speaking to customers. And honestly, pre-seed rounds, there are many, com- most pre-seed rounds are pre-product, right? pre-building stuff. It's more about customer insights. So I'm excited about this sort of stage where you're able to you know, raise money. And it's all about customers, right? And products yeah. generally can be built. So that's a really exciting shift. And I think, you know, for Northern Ireland um, and Ireland as a whole, you know, I think the interest and the ambition and the scale is absolutely here. I think the thing that we need to break down is just, you know, we need to raise decent amounts of money. If we're going to go after venture scale, that needs to be normalized. Uh, I think it's really interesting at the moment that small teams are doing excessively well. Like, you know, there's multiple companies that have, are less than 10 people that have hit a billion dollar valuation. And I think yeah. that's here to stay. Right. It doesn't need 50, 100 people to build companies. So I think that's that's also exciting. And I think venture capital has changed a lot as well. I think it's great to hear VCs talk about like we want founders to be incentivized. 
Like the idea of like, like investors coming in and taking 30, 50% of the company is going away, right? It feels healthier because investors are actually driving this, right? So at Series A, investors tell us that, you know, companies or founders should have 60 to 50% of the business. And otherwise, they might not even invest. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's really helping um, with, with venture capital. And finally, like, you know, as I said, we've had some extraordinary stories behind the scenes here in, 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 with investing, investment. And I think, you know, it's about found, founders are the, the top of the pile here, right? They're the ones that are making companies and investors should have should be lucky to invest in a lot of these companies. And the founders essentially uh, can say no. And lots of our founders are saying no to bad terms and stuff, but it's actually making the markets better, right? So I feel this year and last year and the last couple of years, it's been building up. And it feels a lot healthier. It feels a better place for founders. And there's more to do. That's what I'm excited about with Ignite and I is having that yeah. chance. And not just us, by the way, it's not just us. It's the founders themselves yeah. working together, the community yeah. of this. Like this is, a lot of this is happening without us, right? Which is also a good signal. So we're here to help. And I think, you know, um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, this, these companies in a year's time, I'd love to check in with you, Raya, and uh, uh, talk about a few, I think a few big stories coming out of these, this group. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's very, it's all very exciting. Definitely. It's been definitely a whirlwind of, of a year, but um, it, there's been also a lot of good change, I'd say, in, in that year. Um, and finally, how can people learn more about you? Are you website, social? Twitter is the best place to catch up with us. I think, you know, we usually um, keep that. Um, websites, as you know, gets out of date very quickly, especially the pace some of these companies are changing. <laughs> so, you know, Twitter's a good place. So we're IgniteNI on Twitter um, and IgniteNI.com. So and keep in touch. And there's a newsletter that we do as well. So you can sign up on the website for that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Chris. Um, it's been a very interesting talk with you. You have been listening to Irish Tech News. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.